Hey everybody, Sean from Silicon Theory here, and as you may or may not be able to tell from my voice, I've uh, been a little bit sick for the last uh, about week or so, and so that's why we haven't had any updates from the podcast or our features on Anchor, so sorry about that. Uh, Monday and Tuesday actually felt completely miserable, and then as I was starting to feel better on Wednesday, I thereafter immediately lost my voice, so a little bit difficult to record when you don't have a voice or when you sound so nasally that nobody wants to listen to you anyways, but there was definitely some great news going on in the world of technology this week, and so I'm going to do a little bit late, but I'm going to do the ST Weekly Recap for Saturday, March 17th, 2018. So as we touched on briefly in last week's episode, both routines and location-based reminders are now live for the Google Home products. Routines are a simplified set of instructions that can be carried out or executed with a single command. So you could, for example, use the Google hot word and say, good morning, and it would then read you your calendar, tell you the weather, start playing a specific wake up playlist and a host of other things. The routines can be customized in the Google Home app and these things are probably only gonna expand with six being available right now uh, as time goes on. Uh, I tweeted recently from our social account uh, at Silicon Theory, if you're interested in following us there, uh, that I think this is something that really puts Google a little bit more on parity with Amazon and the Amazon ecosystem. Uh, the Alexa skills uh, is very much similar to Google's routines profiles. And I think that even though Alexa has a lot more of these, I think that the way that Google is approaching these types of things is a little bit more advanced and Google's machine learning abilities built in with the Google Assistant, I think will give them ultimately a bigger leg up in the long run and uh, eventually hopefully surpass Amazon. I say hopefully, obviously as a Google fanboy because you know competing technologies are great for everybody. So Amazon pushing Google forward then makes Google push Amazon forward and everybody, especially the end consumer benefits. So uh, another big news, Google has announced that Android Wear uh, for their wearable smartwatch platform has now going to be rebranded as Wear OS by Google. Now this also is very interesting from the standpoint of in a lot of ways it looks like Google is trying to step away from the Android branding. Um, Android Messages is now just Messages and Android Wear is now Wear OS and Android Pay is now Google Pay or GPay. And it seems like Google is making a conscious attempt to remove Android from branding in all sorts of places. now. There are lots of different reasons as to why this could be. Uh, the biggest uh, conspiracy theory so far is that Google's new Fuchsia OS, uh, that's pretty keenly documented by the guys over at 9to5Google, so you should definitely check that out. But the Fuchsia OS is kind of their future computing mobile platform, which is designed really to unify all platforms, so mobile, laptop, and potentially desktop as well. So the Fuchsia uh, platform would obviously take Android's place, and you can't have Android Pay in Fuchsia, and Android Messages in Fuchsia, and so on and so forth. So uh, that's the greatest conspiracy going on right now around why Google would want to do this. But as I think we all know, Google does things for their own reasons, which aren't necessarily always great ones, at least in the eyes of the end consumer. And uh, they'll pretty much do whatever the heck they want to whenever the heck they want to. So uh, knowing that, uh, the real reason is still unknown and could be for just whim as, as far as we know. But Google being Google, as I'm sure they will continue to do, we should definitely have some more answers on this soon. Apple Report. 
First up, Apple confirmed that the Worldwide Developer Conference, or WWDC 2018, will take place on June 4th through 8th, 2018. We're certain to get lots of iOS, macOS, tvOS, and watchOS news. Yes, that's a lot of OSs. Um, but this is definitely the developer side of the conference. Apple's hardware event definitely takes place a little bit later on in the year. So uh, we're going to try and attend. Uh, Sean P. and I have a connection over at Apple now. And so we're going to try and see if we can get on up there to Cupertino for this event, or at least a couple days of the event, so we can sit in and see some of the new OS changes, specifically, obviously, concerned mostly with iOS and macOS. Uh, don't have an Apple TV because I'm in the Google ecosystem, for those of you that didn't already know that. And um, watchOS doesn't really interest me. Me. I think Apple's uh, smartwatch, um, while it's definitely the dominant uh, piece of the platform right now, the definite biggest piece of the pie in terms of wearables, um, just doesn't really interest me that much, to be quite honest. It's square design and the really clunky interface, even though it's been refined over the last couple of years to make it a lot better. It just doesn't hold any appeal for me. Um, I have a Fitbit right now, and that delivers notifications, and gives me a time and date and a step count, and that's pretty much all that I use a wearable technology for right now. So uh, while we are definitely going to keep some information around about those things, we're definitely going to be trying to focus on the iOS and the macOS use because that's uh, what interests us and hopefully what interests you. Uh, in addition to that, speaking of macOS, there was some controversy, question mark, uh, earlier in the week that an app that was permitted to exist on the macOS app store uh, it was a calendar style app from a developer who was offering instead of a payment service the option to allow users to enable cryptocurrency mining uh, in spare CPU cycles in exchange for straight up payment. So uh, this is kind of a big deal. This, this type of thing is not unknown in apps. It's very commonplace actually in certain types of apps um, where when you're not using your computer, the software then relegates spare CPU cycles to kind of form a giant um, crowdsourced or computer sourced uh, cryptocurrency miner. And uh, a lot of people are concerned about this because those spare CPU cycles, specifically in this app's case, had an issue with ramping up CPU, shredding battery pretty quickly, and doing some things that the app said that it wasn't going to do, like take place only during certain times and take place only of approximately 20 to 30% of the CPU's capacity. So uh, it was very quickly removed and that option was very quickly shut down and the developer apologized. But the fact that Apple allowed this type of app to exist in its app store and to allow people to download it was kind of an interesting thing because they've not really been known for being super lax when it comes to those kinds of things, especially as it could pertain to the service experience that end users, end users receive uh, with their Mac devices. Uh, battery life, especially on the new MacBook Pros, has been something of a controversy ever since they were released in 2016. Uh, and even though my old 2015 MacBook Pro is still going strong, uh, I don't think that many people who use the newer, lighter, thinner MacBook Pros would be very appreciative of a calendar app that destroys their battery because it's running cryptocurrency mining in the background 24-7. So uh, that was a little bit interesting, but the fact that it was relatively a short-lived feature in that app and that that app has since been... Uh, that app has since shut down that feature uh, makes it a little bit less of a controversy than it might otherwise be. Uh, last in Big Apple news, Apple has agreed to acquire 
news app texture uh, actually it's more of a, a digital magazine app which offers currently its users over 200 magazines for a $10 a month subscription fee the uh, general consensus about the internet right now is that they consider texture to be the Netflix of magazines and uh, it seems like a pretty good pairing um, Eddie Q went up at South by Southwest and talked a little bit about why they wanted to acquire uh, a company like Texture, but certainly Apple is looking at using its services area of its business division to generate additional revenue, uh, things like purchasing music and things like continuous subscriptions to services they offer such as iCloud are um, generating additional forms of revenue that they uh, can find uh, a little bit more longevity with considering that the Apple iPhone business and the Apple Mac OS business has a tendency to cannibalize itself in certain ways. So basically people who've been buying iPhones continue to buy iPhones and growth while steady has been a little bit flat, especially in the last couple of quarters for Apple. So they have uh, other ways that they can produce revenue by people who may not necessarily be looking to upgrade their computer or upgrade their phone. And that's by getting them to buy a subscription service to something like Apple Music, which is another service that they offer. So uh, and also, as most of you probably already know, but uh, Apple HomePod, which came out uh, within the last month or so, is also something that an Apple Music subscription could definitely be used for um, in a positive way and definitely would feed more money back into Apple's already gigantic coffers. Everyone else report. Am I going long? It feels a little bit like I'm going long. I haven't recorded a show in a week, so it's kind of hard to tell, but I'll cut it short with the everyone else report. Basically, LG looks like they're probably going to be announcing and releasing the G7 after all uh, sometime in May, from what we're hearing, and it might cost around $800. That's um, probably not a good idea, all things being equal, considering that A, the Samsung Galaxy S9 and S9 Pluses have already gotten out in the wild, and here it is already March, and uh, the S9, which may compete uh, fairly favorably with the G7, is uh, about $80 cheaper and uh, pretty much better in almost every way, especially the camera. So hopefully LG's got something up their sleeve that's a little bit better than what we've seen so far. In other LG news, it sounds like that the pushing back of the G7 launch is gonna push back the launch of the upcoming alleged V40 device, uh, maybe as far back as November, which again, seems a little bit odd considering the timing of when the Galaxy Note will launch, which is probably in August, September, and then the Pixel devices and Apple devices in sometime in October. Um, not a great look, LG, considering that you're probably already losing a lot of money. And this sounds like you'll probably end up losing a whole lot more. Uh, from the HTC front, speaking of companies that are losing a lot of money, sounds like the U12 Plus will be announced in May as well, giving LG another smartphone competitor. And this one shaped up to be shaping up to be pretty good. Um, as we touched on a little bit in previous shows, Snapdragon 845 options for 64 and 128 gig internal storage SKUs and uh, hopefully an improvement on that great U11 camera, a good sized battery, a little bit over 3400 milliamp hours. Uh, there's a lot to like with HTC's new device. Now, keep in mind that they shed about 2,000 of their allegedly best smartphone workforce to, app, or to Google excuse me, when the version of the Pixel deal was completed. And even though they got a giant influx of cash, I don't know if that's 
that's necessarily going to be enough to stave off going into the red with this new phone. Now, really their only competition at this point probably will be the G7, but again, they also are facing the same kind of challenges that LG is with competing with a Galaxy S9 that's been out for a couple months already at this point and may not necessarily have anything that's a huge differentiator from uh, the G7 in terms of why should I buy this over a Samsung Galaxy phone. So just sounds like more good news for Samsung. So uh, we really, both Sean P and I really liked the U11 in theory, and even though it had no carrier support and was a little bit overpriced to be bought just in an online avenue, um, you know, it, it was a good phone. It just didn't get a lot of pub. So hopefully HTC can figure out a way to get this new device some pub if it shapes up to be every bit as good as the U11 was or even better. That's it for this week's episode. Thanks for listening. Remember, you can find all of our content over at silicontheory.com. You can check out our video channel at youtube.com forward slash c forward slash silicontheory. Follow us on social. We are at silicontheory on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And as always, we will talk tech soon.